Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with strength and conditioning coach and owner of the training lab, Andy Ironmack McKenzie. Hi guys, thanks for tuning into the Pace Performance Podcast. Today I've got Andy McKenzie on the line. I wanted to get Andy on because I, I read his blog when he puts it up, I watch his videos and I think he's putting some really great stuff out. Uh, he's actually invited me onto his core training workshop uh, at the back end of November. So I'll be doing a little review for him uh, and stick it on the podcast just to let everyone know um, what it's about and, and how I get on. In this episode of the podcast, Andy talks about his facility, the training lab, and how open your own facility can be a, a viable option for, for people currently in strength and conditioning, whether it's in elite sport or with the general population. He also speaks about his, like I've said, his core training workshop and his philosophies on bodyweight training and, and core stability training. We also delve a little bit deeper into an article that he wrote a little bit ago uh, into gadgets and gizmos and uh, I get Andy's opinion on the best gadgets out there that can provide um, good value for money. We also discuss uh, a little meeting Andy had with Eric Cressy uh, and what he learned from him over in Slovenia when he took a trip across there, there last year. But before we get on to the chat with Andy, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to the guys that have been in touch uh, offering their feedback on the podcast. If you want to keep in touch with everything that's going on the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at PaceyPerform or you can jump over to PaceyPerformance.co.uk where you can catch up with all previous episodes of the podcast. If you're feeling generous, jump over to iTunes uh, and give us a rating and a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And if you are liking what you're hearing on the podcast, feel free to give us a shout out on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, again, spread the love. But before I go any more, here is the chat with Andy McKenzie. Welcome to the Pace Performance Podcast. Uh, got a guy, Andy McKenzie, on the line who I've wanted to get on for uh, for a number of months now and just been struggling back and forth to, to line up diaries, but now we get it sorted. Um, just like to welcome Andy to the podcast and get him to just explain a little about his background, his education and what he's currently doing. So welcome, Andy. Hi, Rob. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on, mate. Um, right, I'll, I'll try and keep this as brief as possible because... Uh, I feel I'm feeling old and crusty now. Um, essentially, my uh, my background and sort of education has been from from the military. Um, I spent um, I joined the army when I was 16, um, and then from there I sort of I transferred in, into the Army Physical Training Corps um, and spent sort of um, the, the last four years of my service um, um, doing all the gym type stuff. Um, and then from there, sort of, the, sort of the education process is I've only got like um, a set ed, a set ed in sports science. I've done a, an FA diploma in the treatment and management of sports injuries. Um, I at the time I went and completed the uh, accreditation for the UK SEA, um, but I'm no longer sort of a member of that, um, and and I, I can speak it up about that later and tell you the reasons why. Um, uh, whilst I was in the army, then I um, I did a lot of them, um, spent a lot of time at the Headley Court, and then I ran the uh, biggest sort of like rehab centre at uh, ATR Purbright, um, which was a fantastic experience. Um, I was also 
um, our trainer, um, so well, a, a PTI with pre-parachute selection and uh, and also at basic training. So I've I've worked with quite a lot of different areas of uh, fitness um, or fitness requirements, so to speak. Um, I then left the army after uh, 16 years, moved out to Wales and worked with the Celtic Crusaders as uh, an SNC with the academy. Um, and then from there, when they moved up north, I decided um, that I wanted to open up my my own gym, and and that's where I am at the moment. So so essentially, um, I'm, I'm first and foremost I consider myself a, a strength conditioning coach. Um, secondly, I'm the owner of uh, uh, the Trainer Lab, which is my gym here down in East Grinstead. I'm also the head of S and C for um, East Grinstead Rugby as well. Um, I do education for trainers now and I also sell um, uh, t-shirts Iron Disciple um, clothing which makes me sound like a like a fitness entrepreneur and if, uh, if I'm coming across like that then fuck I don't <laughs> really want to sort of uh, be known as that but yeah that, that that's me in a nutshell I might have missed some stuff out because I've got a real sort of like a mixed bag of experience that I, I sort of like to bring to the table, which I think is quite important as well, mate. No, that's cool. I, I mean, I want to uh, have a little bit of discussion on your, on your business side of things, but you mentioned it. Just go into a bit of uh, why you're not a member of the UKSA anymore. Right. Um, the uh, when I, So when I was transitioning from the military and I was thinking, right, I don't have I don't have a degree like everybody else and I, and I want to work in professional sport. And I thought, well, the um, I looked at the UKSA and I thought, well, that that looks like the way to go because they, they seem to have um, like a, a hold on term, in terms of professional sport. But the other one and the biggest one that I think is super important, I did it because um, I wanted to become a better coach and I thought they had a, a fantastic um, um, step-by-step process for, in order for me to do that and it was great exposure. Uh, and I worked with a, a mentor as well, um, Jeremy Moody, and one of the biggest things I said to Jeremy was, I don't want to come here to learn how to pass an accreditation. I just want to become a really good strength coach, well-rounded, so that when I stand in front of my peers, I'll be able to, I'll be able to pass on merit and, and go anywhere because I'm experienced rather than just learning things sort of like parrot fashion. Um, my reason for not continuing was because after like two, three years of having it, I was just paying, I, was pay, I felt like I was paying money to have letters after my name. And, but the the um, the association wasn't really doing anything for guys sort of that had been through the accreditation. I, I didn't think the CPD or they weren't delivering any at the time was good enough. And then it was just like a small discount when when you come to the conferences and stuff like that. Uh, so I mean, from there then, Rob, I just I took the decision, thought, Do you know what, I'm not working professional sport, um, and I don't really want to just keep paying for to have four letters after my name, and that's why I stopped. Um, I stopped um, the uh, the uh, having the letters after my name, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you might have heard when you said uh, you listened to a few of the episodes. Darren Roberts had quite a interesting view on it as well, which is quite similar. Um, that was a couple of episodes ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, we'll move on. I just want to get into a bit of detail about uh, the the gym itself and the business side of things. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of guys that have come gone down the route of open up their own business uh, yeah. some more successful than others but is it, is it a viable thing for S&C coaches uh, obviously it seems though everyone want, including myself wants to get into elite sport and 
work for a professional rugby, football, mm-hmm. whatever club. But is it a viable option for guys to kind of open their own open their own facility? Um, right. I, I, it, the um, it depends in terms of which um, where you're coming from. So, for example, if you're coming out of professional sport. Think and, and then going to open up your own gym, then that's really, you've got to look at some um, certain factors. If you're coming from, let's say, for example, straight from university um, and maybe done a couple of interns and think um, open up your own gym is, is an option, then it, it they, they both bring two different um, areas that you have to look at. Is it a viable option? Yes, I think it is. As long as you do it with maybe one or two um, other coaches that can actually um, give you a hand with the, uh, the the hours of the gym and stuff like that, because um, whether you like it or not, it, it soon sort of um, becomes a bit of a, a buggerance when you're when you're there near enough twenty four seven, especially when you open up uh, on your own and you're trying to drive the business as well as sort of like train people inside it. So yeah, Rob, it is viable um, and it's hard um, and it can be done. But equally, you've got to look at it in terms of where you're coming from. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, did you have a couple of guys that helped you when you first started out? Um, I, I first started. Um, I, I first opened up with uh, a guy, a nutrition guy called Ben Kuma, um, and then we parted ways because we just found that we wanted sort of like different things. So, which was um, perfectly fine. Um, and now I've got uh, another trainer um, who um, just helps me run in the hours that I can't be there, which is um, which is needed. But essentially, I I was opening. I ran it for like sort of two two year two and a bit years on my own, which nearly broke me. When I look back, I think Jesus, how did I actually manage all that? But somehow you actually do because you've you've got a bit of a focus. So uh, yeah, it's quite tough that way, mate. Oh, cool. Uh, I know you mentioned your education, uh, seminars, workshops. <clears throat> you do one uh, on core training, uh, yep. which seems uh, obviously a big part of what you do and what you kind of put out there. But can you give us a bit of background on why you focus on that area uh, and your philosophies uh, on core training as well? Right. Um, my One of my probably biggest reasons why I focus on core is that I, um, I fracture my spine um, going back maybe – uh, about 10, 10 plus years ago, and I fractured uh, T4, 6, and 8 crush fractures, uh, C7. At the time, I completely smashed L5, S1, so I had a disc prolapse. And then later on down the line, I had a disc protrusion as well, so it literally sort of went all squishy and popped out, and I couldn't feel uh, my uh, bottom half. Um, and then <laughs> I've also um, dislocated my SI joint, um, on a on a pretty big lift, uh, and with various other injuries, so my my body's been a bit of a uh, bit of a car crash. But do you know what? Sometimes that's just the life that that, that it leads. So um, I, I've been through um, a lot of physio treatment from other uh, therapists and things like that, and uh, and I just found that what I was getting taught wasn't really working for my body um, at the time. And uh, one of the biggest problems I had, so I, I ended up sort of like living with um, genuine four out of 10 pain for the last sort of like 12, 10, 12 years, which if you can imagine living with toothache every day, it becomes, starts to become uncomfortable and saps your energy. So um, I, I started really 
researching a lot more. I, I really enjoy the stuff from McGill and and other guys from from a core perspective. But then I really started doing my own stuff. I really wanted to search out and what and um, what works for my body um, because a lot of the stuff I was getting taught was like really keep a, a stable spine and 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 I was really afraid to actually to to generally move and bend. And then I thought, this, this isn't right. I mean, I, I can't like keep on living like this. I need to do something different. So I then started looking into a little bit more about um, uh, breathing drills and then really um, mobilizing every aspect of the spine. And then when I had both of them, um, when I started doing both of them, I, I gradually became more and more pain-free. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. And as I become more pain-free and started moving my spine a lot more, and that that pain went and then from there i started building exercise on top of it and 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 invariably i moved a hell of a lot better so from that um, perspective i then started doing that with a lot of other clients um, especially with um, lower back pain um and then i I brought up the the experience because um i worked i mean i had a lot of back patients when i was um back at pub right um which was going back a few years ago now, and just bringing in all the experience from there, and, and then my own personal experience, and and come up with it now. That's that's the sort of um, that, that's why I think I'm really passionate about um, with the work in the core and getting that right. But but also when um, when I hear people saying that um, that if you squat big, if you pull big deadlifts, and if you do cleans, then you'll get core work. And quite honestly, I, I think that's complete bullshit because. One of the things that I find is when a lift breaks down in terms of from how you want to look and throughout the, the, the kinematic chain, it's normally one or two things. It's normally the grip or um, or the core that gives way. And then so you have to put in, you have to program, you have to factor for it. It has to become an accessory to, to the main lifts. And then it then has to become an appropriate core exercise that's actually going to augment the not only the performance of the lift, but equally what you're going to do outside of the gym. So, for example, how's it going to translate into, say, for example, uh, rugby, and um, whether you're a winger or a prop, or if you're uh, if you're a crossfitter, or if you're just somebody who sits in the office all day. So each of them's got a like an appropriate sort of like a modality of treatment that you should actually um, take on board when you're when you're going to do that. Sorry, mate. I know that was a bit long-winded, but uh... that's fine. That's not written. No worries. So, just to round that up, is that is, <laughs> no, no, no? Is that um, so? The main focus of the the core training workshop is yeah, go. <laughs> all, right, all right. The the so the main focus of the, of the core workshop is you uh, and I believe in one you um you clean the so I've got drills called cleaning the spine, which is basically focusing on mobility um, aspects of uh for, for the spine itself, learning to breathe, and then how to assess it properly, and then from there how to um, program for certain uh, sports. Nice. So that that's the the sort of like um what what happens on the core workshop. Cool. Cool. I know you do a bodyweight workshop as well. Yeah. Uh, just, and Rob, you you'll see that because you're coming down, aren't you? You're going to come down on the twenty third. Twenty third, mate. I'll be there. So you uh, make make sure. I I tell you what though. What, do you know what catches a lot of people out is um a lot of people come on my workshops thinking that you're just going to be looking at PowerPoint slides, and it's not. It's literally moving from start to finish. 
because one of the things that uh, you have to, I think, because we were speaking like before, is um, you have to sort of like spot. It's the little things of knowing where to start, and and you know, I mean, anybody can sort of like follow a sequence of like one, two, three, but it's what happens if nobody can get one, and and normally in a seminar, someone always is is a person who can't move right, and that's where it's perfect where you can get in and start coaching and start cueing properly and looking at the little things that are going to go wrong, and that that's the whole premise of the workshop as well is is getting in there from a coaching perspective, and then like with your education because everybody's um, got like a certain background, it's it's known how to apply that as well. Because you're moving for like what six seven hours, people get quite quite tired at the end of the day. So just just make sure you're ready, mate. I'm gonna be that guy, Anna. You're gonna be the you're gonna be the movement nightmare. <laughs> I've had a few where they're just like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to spend like more time than I actually thought." And you're like, "Oh, but but do you know what? It's actually really good because you you get to see like sometimes how a very very simple movement." If, if someone hasn't even got that pattern, that motor pattern, how challenging it can actually become because therefore like you've got to be really clever with your language and, and even like your movement and, and sort of like your even what I call it just patient handling skills from, from my rehab days. So it's actually quite nice when you get that, that movement cluster. But if you are me, I'm going to give you such a hard time. <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen on your Instagram who, who uh, from people who have been on it before. Mm. Um, I think... <laughs> I think it was the Monday or the Tuesday, or possibly even the Wednesday after the Sunday session. Yeah. Saying they're still in bits. So yeah, I'm, I think the long drive back up north will be an absolute delight. <laughs> <laughs> nice, mate. Um, but yeah, I just want to move on to the, the body weight training uh, seminars and workshops that you do. Um, I know we discussed before that um, kind of body weight methods. People are seeing it more of as a um, a method in itself rather than a, a regression as we as we discussed before mm. um, do you want to talk about your philosophies uh, on body weight training um, my I think it's one of the my, my philosophy is it's one of the, the first things that everybody should learn and I think when you get it when you get body weight done correctly then it is a form of strength training and and for me, I think it's always important because when once you get it right, you'll have um, a way to train that you can do throughout your whole entire life. So for, from when you when you first start out, maybe it's 12, 13, all the way up to sort of 70, 80, like a year, 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 uh, sorry, years old. So I, I think it's quite important. It, it's interesting where you see like it, it's almost become like a training method in its own right. I think that's the the side of like um, the, the, where the industry comes in. I mean, calisthenics. You've got guys who just live and breathe calisthenics, and for me, that's absolutely fine. But for me, it's 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 a it's a training tool that's actually really effective when you know the best way to to implement it into a program. So I mean, I always um, I use it as a as a starter for when I'm coaching clients and they have to get like certain movement patterns before they move on to resistance um, exercises that, that, that mimic the movements I've already learned. Um, so yeah, I, I know where you're coming from in terms of it's very easy to get sucked into like like uh, the, the beauty of it and things like that, but I, I, I'd have to use it in terms of um, for sport and any everyday clients and so I have to ju- jump between two. So you just want to um, give us a bit of detail on the 
on the bodyweight training seminar and workshop itself? Kind yeah. of run through and all that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it's um, it, it's two days, which sometimes I, I don't feel that it's enough because I, I've got quite a lot to to sort of like talk about on the subject itself. Uh, and again, it's um, the, the, so the important factors is it comes down to um, first and foremost assessment. Where where is somebody genuinely at in their training? Because you've got to, I mean, how do you generally know where you're going to program from if you don't know where they're at? So so assessment is critical. And then the other one, the um, throughout the course, it's for me. Then the premise is always move with a purpose to improve. So from your assessment, it gives you like what you're going to mobilise on. So what your movement prep is going to contain, because a lot of people just go through movement prep willy nilly, but there's no real sort of like specifics to it. There's no real purpose to it. So like a, a very very simple. Um, sort of um, six-point um, assessment method gives you all the information you actually need to do when you're um, putting together your movement prep. So in, in an ideal world, between four and six weeks, maybe a wee bit longer depending on um, the, the actual sort of uh, dysfunction of a certain joint, you should have actually made someone move a lot better for their full range of, um, uh, move, um, full range of the joints. And then from there, it's... Um, literally having a progressions and regressions for pretty much um, every pushing exercise that you can think of, every pull, and then squat variants from squatting all the way through to pistols. And then I also cover um, levers as well. Um, and the uh, and again, uh, pretty much like the core, the biggest one is, is that is get in there and actually coaching it. Because I see a lot of people doing a lot of things wrong all the time, and even like coaching cues which are not like not working. So, I mean that that's the the sort of um, the, the meat of the course over the two days. No, it sounds cool. And um, just in the back of that, a couple of articles that I'd um, I'd read of yours about gadgets and gizmos. Mm. A previous podcast um, with Cal Vale from the from the US, absolutely made me feel like a, a small school child with this kind of stuff that he was going into um, with regards to gadgets and gizmos. But um, what are your kind of go-to little gadgets that actually provide um, something something worth providing uh, with regards to performance? Right. Um, I think I think you've got to be pretty careful um, about what you – what you buy and and how you utilize it in your gym. Now, for example, I mean, if, if we we go back to the, this, uh, I think earlier on, Rob, when you you're saying about um, the business side of thing, is it viable for a, a strength coach to open up their own gym? So, so there's there's two sort of like I, I want to cover that before I talk about some of the equipment. If that's all right, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I think I think it's really important because um, and this is where a lot of guys tend to tend to fuck up a wee bit. And um, so it, people that come from a professional aspect, um, you can't literally, you can't spend the time that you um, spend over the facts and figures and, and all the data when you're running a gym outside of a professional environment. And then equally, the younger guys coming in, you can't run um, a, a gym that's sort of outside the wire of the professional spectrum, so to speak, um, like a gym like that, and it's really, really important because um, you're going to end up getting stuck in this stuff that's not giving you money, it's not earning you money, and you have to you have to take that on the chin. Um, 
D- does, does that make sense? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because because it, it annoyed, because I, I think I mean we we spoke about this before, but like um, you've got like a you've really got to understand that a lot of people like copy the models that they've got in the the US and try and bring them to the UK. And, and you've got to look at it. our lifestyle, even the way we train and, and all the other little factors are different. You've got to look at wh- how, how do people function in the UK and what do they want? Do you know what I mean, because we are completely different um, and we've got a completely different way of life. So you have to do it from a, from a UK perspective. Mm. I mean, just something that's come to me. I yeah, discussed, discussed it last time um, about the kind of model of the, of the gym itself. Um, you know, attracting athletes and attracting general public. Yeah. Obviously, the a lot of and me included thinking about oh, it'd be great to have a gym because you could get all these, you know, footballers, rugby players, basketball players. Uh, is it actually like that? Because I'm guessing it's probably not. Nah. Because you've got to think of right. If you look at like, um, say, say for example, one of the biggest ones is DeFranco. Now DeFranco gets his uh, collegiates in, in the NFL, which there is like there there is an insane amount of money that those kids will get if they if they actually make it. So um, it's a, it's probably like in their best interest to to give it a hundred percent. Uh, and, and so, therefore, the, the model over there is going to be different because they're going to the athletes in terms of how they progress is different to the way an athlete progresses in the UK. Do you know what I mean, so, uh, so a professional athlete athlete will be in the English Institute of Sport, so he's got no real need to come out uh, come out to a gym uh, uh, like mine, for example. The other guys are, who are not professional, then they just haven't got the money that you think they've got or that you think you'll need. So therefore, like uh, the the business, if you try and copy a business model from the US into the UK, you're going to come unstuck because athletes are not going to be knocking down at your door. It's going to be the person who wants to lose a bit of weight, the person who wants fat loss, and you've got to. Um, so that should be like eighty, ninety percent of your business, and then the other ten percent, unfortunately, is going to be it will be athletes, but it's it's not as big as you think it is. I mean, someone that has got, um, from what I'm led to believe, a fantastic facility over there, Eric Cressy. Mm. Um, you met him um, somewhere somewhere in Europe. I can't remember the exact place. Slovenia? Is it Slovenia? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to just give us a bit of um, an overview of kind of oh, what... Uh, Go on, mate. Uh, uh, the gadgets and gizmos that I use, mate. I just, oh, sorry. Go. I, I went off a tangent there again. It's fine, mate. It's fine. It's that Friday afternoon, sort of like rain's going everywhere. Um, so we keep on for that. So this is what you've got to keep in mind, I think, when you're buying a gadget and a gizmo. So, for example, if, if you're in a professional setup where that you know that you've got an income coming in and it is your job to eke out the last 1%, then there, there is 101 things that your, your, um, your facility is going to have. And that's absolutely fine. And, and you can spend all day with that data. If, so, for example, a gym like myself, I need something that gives me feedback quick and that I can use and then I almost forget about. Um, and, I, and, I, and I still struggle with it because I like the facts and figures. I like looking at the data. But I've got to remember, sometimes it's not really earning me money. So the, the only two things that I've got at the moment, mate, is I use Ubersense, which is um, uh, similar to Coach's Eye, which just captures video. And I, and I use I think that's fantastic for feedback. And also, I use that with my uh, online clients as well, which is really important because you, we can have a real open dialogue and, and I can look at the movement um, quite in depth over and over again um, rather than just sort of like seeing it once. 
Um, so that's that's really cheap, and you uh, you don't tend to stay on it all day. And then the last one, I've got the Gym Aware, which is uh, which is a great tool. Uh, again, I don't use it till it's um, till its full sort of um, capacity because I don't have the time. Um, I use it for um, testing athletes, and then sometimes I'll bring it out and I'll use it in the gym when I want to raise a little bit of competition and stuff like that as well because you uh, you get that immediate feedback. But other than that, Rob, is like I have to like, is I have to sort of um, get the data in and then get on with other other aspects of my business where which are, that I really need to work on. So they're the only only two things that I use. But you um, as, a, as a young coach, uh, do you actually need the the gym aware? No, you don't, mate. There's there's other cheaper ways you can actually measure power and stuff like that, and that, that doesn't sort of um, get you sucked into thinking. Your um, your 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 way above your means in terms of um, who you're training and stuff like that. Yeah, and no, I mean it's easy to get sucked into these things when you're a professional club. We need this, we need this, but when it's actually a case of I need that or you know something more important like a fucking family holiday, you know what I mean? Or yeah, you know, yeah. basically putting putting food on the table. I know which one I'm gonna go for. Yeah, mate, absolutely, and that, that's quite key, mate, especially when you open up a gym. You're going to open up a gym, it is literally running on a minimum of what you can get away with, how you can train people, and then throughout the year, two, three, four, even if you survive that long, and then you start adding equipment, and, and then when you've got enough time and you've got a good income from like different income sources, then you can go and buy a gym away and you can play around with it, but until then, it's minimum for maximum. And unfortunately, you get you get far too much data from something like Jim Away, and and it's exciting, and and still I get sucked into it, mate. Don't get me wrong, but I've really got to prize myself away from it all the time, mate. There's luxury for some some guys like yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm lucky, and I'm in a position now where I can I can spend a wee bit more time, but but equally, I just I I I, I know when I'm spending too much time on it, mm. um, so it's that it's that fine balance between things all the time. Yeah, totally. I mean, just I got onto the little question about Eric Cressy and your kind of meeting with him in uh, in Slovenia. Yeah, just tell us about about how that came about and kind of what lessons you've learned uh, from spending that bit of time with him that you did. Yeah, and um, I, um, I want I've, I've been following Eric Cressy for a good number of years now, and when, when I heard he was in Slovenia, I thought yeah, it was an ideal opportunity to go and train with him. So I went over there with about four or five other coaches and. We did a bit of um, we did a day of CPD ourselves across there, and they've got a fantastic gym called Vigo Gym, which is probably one of the best facilities that I've been to um, outside of my own, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, what would I learn from uh, Eric? Uh, the the biggest one, the biggest takeaway is is from a shoulder perspective is you've got to look at more than just the glenohumeral sort of scapular thoracic joint because most people just get sucked into it and thinking, oh, it must be something around there. There's so many things um, around it that you have to um, look at. Do you know what I mean? Like um, a lot of the soft tissue restrictions, for example, like elsewhere in the body, um, lats that are too tight. Do you know what I mean? Look at the, th- the, uh, the thoracic, even um, come down to breathing patterns. There were so many little facets that there was just... It was, it was quite good to see it in person because you know sometimes you can you can learn from a YouTube video if you've got um, a good uh, amount of education in the subject 
um, I believe. You can learn from reading books, but it's the little things when you're there in person and then even chatting with them about, um, I mean, it looked at my uh, shoulders because I've, I mean, I've smashed mine up quite a few times. So it was great from a personal perspective to get that. So that that was one in terms of sort of looking at the whole body rather than just the shoulder. Um, a lot of the times people are upper, tra- upper trap dominant um, and they don't work on lower traps enough. And that was one of my biggest problems. So there was some great exercises to, to do that. And I'm doing it a lot with my rugby guys at the moment because especially my, my, um, my um, props, they, they seem to be, they're going to be way overactive. So a lot of the lower trap stuff has actually helped them. And when you get it done right, the immediate feedback it, it can be felt when you when you actually position the shoulder properly. So that was that was well worth it in itself. The the other one that he said to me, which is stuck in my head, is a, a thing called um, get long, get strong, and then train hard. So sort of like um, like get long is where you just improve the actual length of the muscles and, and the, the tissue quality, and then from there. Um, obviously make that strong and and then the, the last one is train hard because it's not all about sort of like pushing around the bands and in, in, in rehab and things like that you you want to still be sort of uh, smashing it up as well mate um and then uh, yeah i think the, the only other thing that I, th- I thought was interesting from from eric uh was um uh he did some stuff from the postural restoration institute which is breathing patterns and um um, movement around the hips, which I've, I've booked onto the course next year, because some of some of the things that he was doing I, I didn't understand, so it just made me add like a, a list of like twenty things that I wanted to to cover, sort of like post course, and that was one of the uh, the fallout things from that. So it was pretty good from that perspective as well. So just on on the back of that, yeah. um, personal point, personal uh, question, very selfish question. You've Both got. Things. You're thinking about doing some sort of, you know, developing your education, or yeah. you pick a course that you, you know, you pick a course that you really want to do. You spend over a couple of hundred quid on it, or obviously a little bit more if you if you're kind of going for it. Yeah. Or do you go out to one of these guys who have done it, been there and done it, and spend a couple of days with them if they'll have you, but for the same cost? What what do you do? Oh, it's, it's easy, mate. You go and spend time with the guy themselves. Cool. And and I, and I tell you, what, even if it costs more, you go there and get it done. I mean, I've I've done interns with just other like coaches, um, and and they're they're invaluable. Um, I think well, I tell you what, what people get stuck in, Rob, is like they get stuck in. Oh, I've got to be seen with this person. I've got to be seen with that. But most people, I mean, for example, like your average client doesn't know who Eric Cressy is. They, to be honest, they're like, well, who the fuck is he? Just give me results. So, like for for that perspective, you have to go with a person who is genuinely getting awesome results. And um, so, if you are like, if you've got like a lot of shoulder issues, then I would be going to work with guys like Eric Cressy and bringing that and um, back into. If it's like you want to be seen with Eric Cressy, then for for other trainers to sort of um, it's almost like that peacock effect of oh look who I've been training with, then you you're gonna be all right. But after a while, you're gonna be you're gonna die in your ass because you're not gonna be like um, educating yourself for your clients. Mm. Um, you're educating you. You need to make sure you're educating yourself for your clients first, and then you second. And and that well, they're the only two. They're, they're the only two ways. Because if you don't, and it's this, oh look who I've been with, 
you've you've done it for the whole wrong reasons. I suppose it goes back to like say like the accreditation stuff like that. If you're going through if you're going for an accreditation so that you can put four letters after your name so everybody can look at you and think, Oh my god, he's accredited or he's a CSCS do you know what I mean? It's like well you've got to really question what you're in it for. I mean, I, I genuinely, um, I, I mean, that's why I know I don't mind not having those letters after my name because I know I genuinely get results. I know I'm a really good strength coach. I've got a really good facility now. I provide um, education uh, and, and with that, I get results. So they speak more than the people who I've been training with or, or the letters after my name and, and stuff like that as well, mate. So, sorry, I know, I, again, long-winded, but... Um, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's... It... But like you say, it's having the balls and the confidence to say, no, no, it's not It's not worth £90 a year or whatever it is. I can spend that money elsewhere better. Yeah. Mate, at the end of the day, right, Rob, if you're in professional sport and it's a prerequisite, then get, you've got to get it done. If you, yeah. you look at it now, though, it's like if you've got to have um, – this is what I say. Like guys ask me all the time, oh, how can I become like a, an S&C and work in professional sport? And I'm like, if you haven't got that, then forget about it. Simple as that, mate. You can have the best experience in the world, but if you if you've got like three or four hundred CVs coming through and you haven't got ASE uh, accreditation, a degree, a master's, and God, you probably need a PhD now, don't you? The That's way you go, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's turning into a bit of a joke. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you just got to be careful of chasing the wrong stuff. And I, and I think my advice of you, young S and C. Um, mate, make sure you are unbelievably awesome at getting results. Simple as that. If you concentrate on that, your first, second, third, fourth client thereafter, if you're getting awesome results, then those people will be, you know, they will, they will sing your praises to the right people. That, that's what you want to do, mate. I mean, I finished off a little selfish question there, but chuck that in at the end. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, they're the questions, mate, that are, that are going to help people as well, mate. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, we can get sucked into the sexiness of it all, mate. And and when you've got to stand back and go, right, what brings in money, results, mate? And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in terms of like a, from a business perspective. When I first started out, like it was, um, oh, I, I need to get like that course, that course, that course, because all the other the, the guys at the top end have got that. I need to have those. But then slowly but surely when you're actually working with clients and then you ask them, well, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? And they're like, no, they're just interested in getting results. And, and that's what you have to, that's what you have to, um, it's, it's what you have to build your gym around as well. You have to build it around um, how it can serve clients and not serve yourself. A lot of it, I mean, again, it's a mistake that I made when I opened up the lab. Is I built the lab, it was almost like an extended version of my garage. But then when I come to start training clients, it was a bit like, oh, I need this, I need that, and I don't really need that. So you've really, it's um, it's the little things like that you've got to look at as well. I mean, just to just to round up a little bit, um, what seminars and workshops have you got coming up, and where can people keep up to date with what kind of things that you got going on? Um, so seminars that I've got coming up, mate, is um, well, it might be useless by the time when you put this out. Um, I'm, I'm training the RAF next week. They're doing my, my uh, bodyweight certification, nice. which uh, I'm looking forward to. So going back for, as, a, as an ex-army man, that'll be interesting. Um, uh, the, so my, my, the only other one I've got is November the 1st and 2nd is my bodyweight certification. That's the, the last one of this year. 
and then November the uh, November the twenty third, yeah, is the coal workshop which is down the lab. That's that's the one you're coming down to, mate. Yeah, true. Uh, and, I, and I think I've only got about three spaces left of that. I, I'm I'm not one of these like fill up with twenty five people. Um, I I normally cap them around about ten because I generally want people to one spend a bit of time with me, making sure that they they can move better, and and, and I like sort of um, passing on some some coaching um, experience to them as well, and then equally it makes the um, it makes the the networking a lot easier as well because you you I think you can get to know somebody pretty well to a certain point rather than having a, a a big massive group of people where you're forgetting names and stuff like that so so that's that's one that's they're the only two i've got left for this year and then um the only thing i've got is on december the 7th um like all, all the all the coaches that have that have done my um certifications and workshops and the little one day things that i've got a, like a training lab hub which is a private group on facebook so um, and and literally everything I do, I continually update on there. So if I if I learn something new from a core perspective, I put it up there. If I've, if I've got a new protocol, I put it up there. And and what I'm doing is we we're having a get together um, on the seventh. Um, we're down at the lab, um, and I'm I've asked some guys to deliver some education. I'm going to deliver some some stuff as well, and we're going to just have a, have some food and do and and chill out. But um, yeah, so that that's going to be my last thing. Um, and then uh, I've got I've got a busy 2015 already. That sounds like a nice little touch to Facebook group. Very personal. Yeah, it, I, I tell you, it is, mate. It's like so for me, mate. It, it, it's twofold. It's free. It's a, it's a it's a chance for all the coaches to to go back and forth. And and the other like people can then look at the bodyweight certification before they get onto it. So they if and then they can ask questions. And it's um, it's like a it's a real nice hub of information. And there's no egos on there. There's nobody thinks they're bigger than than everybody else. And it's um and I and I, I try and push the guys and girls who are on there as best as I can. Do you know what I mean? Give them little challenges. I mean, we've got like our anatomy books, and we, we can, do you know what I mean? It's like a constant CPD, but um, but it's away from all the the hustle and bustle and all the crap that's normally on Facebook. So I thought, do you know what I mean? Give back to people as well a wee bit. So we're gonna have that get together, um, and then just yeah, just chill. Do you know? Sometimes you you learn better when you're in a a, a relaxed environment. And, and and that's what I'm, that's what I try and cre- that's what I've tried to create when I, on my workshops, um, same as on the hub. And then we, we're going to do like one or two days uh, a year um, um, where we just have a get together and and people have an opportunity to sort of like teach me and and things like that as well because I'm I, I want to learn from from everyone that I, that I uh, speak to, man. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so where can people keep up to date? Facebook, Twitter, email, website. Uh, uh, don't email me, mate. I get too many at the minute. <laughs> no emails then. No, I've got I've got too much spam, mate. I've got I've got spam on handbags, Viagra, and uh, and God, what's the other one? And uh, the part, the the secret. And I'm thinking, shit. What do I actually look at online? Just make it out of what you wish, mate. So, uh, um, it, mate, really, really simple. Um, IronMacFitness.com is my main website, and that's where I run my online business and online program. I've got iondisciple.co.uk, which is clothing. Um, I've only got medium and large t-shirts, so medium and small t-shirts left. So check me out being the fucking salesman. <laughs> um, and then everything else is literally iMac Fitness. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube is is all the same. Uh, and I, and I try and 
uh, I'll work hard to really um, get back to people and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they can hit me up there, mate. Nice. Well, yeah, a uh, little roundup. So that's um, that's us done. But thank you very much for your time. Um, it's been absolutely quality 40 minutes. So, yeah, um, thanks again, and uh, I'll speak to you shortly. Yeah, no worries, then, Rob. Thanks very much for having me, mate. And, right. uh, and I, I look forward to you being that movement clusterfuck on uh, <laughs> the cool workshop, mate. Absolute abuse. Cheers, mate. Okay, mate, thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Pacey Performance Podcast. I'm sure you'll agree that was a really uh, insightful chat with Andy McKenzie. If you do want to keep in touch with everything that's going on in the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at Pacey Perform. You can also listen online at paceyperformance.co.uk and all the previous episodes are on there. And I've just discovered that if you don't have iTunes, so you've got Android but you want to listen on the go, you can download the Podomatic app, which is P-O-D-O, M-A-T-I-C download the app search for the Pace Performance Podcast uh, and you can listen on the go uh, if you're not an iTunes iTunes listener thanks for tuning in again and I will see you soon